0: If you can be around people who lift you up you will grow faster and better and to places where you will, would never imagine
1: welcome to the real estate monopoly podcast my name is Kerwin donis my brothers and i got into real estate investing to achieve financial freedom and help underserved communities in guatemala where our mom is from real estate is the vehicle we're taking to achieve our goals and you can too On this show, we share the stories of some of the most successful real estate investors to show you that you can succeed in real estate just like they have. Each episode, we deliver inspiring and educational content that will empower you to launch your real estate investing career and achieve your financial goals. Let's go. Kyle Mitchell is a real estate entrepreneur and the best-selling author of Best in Class. Kyle focuses on multifamily syndication and currently has $55 million of assets under management. He's the managing partner and co-founder of Limitless Estates and the Asset Management Summit. Kyle's journey began like many other real estate investors, working a job. He didn't know it at the time, but his path would lead him to become an apartment syndicator.
0: In my previous life, I uh, started and, and really worked a W-2 job for most of my career uh, for 20 plus years. I got a job in high school in the golf industry. Uh, I played a little bit of golf professionally for a couple of years, but really found myself working in the golf course industry for over 20 years, working my way up. Kind of. And so I was in management for over 15 years with uh, a company based out of Southern California, but had golf courses all over the United States and um, my background because of that has become more in the management and operations. So managing other people, hiring, firing, managing budgets, managing numbers, projects, things like that. And so I thought it was going to be in the golf industry for the rest of my life. I loved it, but there was a certain point where I kind of got burnt out and I wanted to find something that I was more passionate about, and I started investing in real estate back in two thousand and ten and I started with mainly single family homes at that time and uh, I found very quickly it was tough to scale It's probably not the best decision from a market perspective where I was investing. I was trying to make it pretty passive because I was still very active in my full time w two job but then in two thousand and fourteen, I stopped buying houses I got to ten houses and I just, I didn't like that business model. So I stopped investing for a a couple of years actually, but what I was doing is I was trying to figure out what the next phase in my life was. I knew at that point I did not want to be in the golf industry anymore. I just didn't, I was burnt out. I didn't have any passion for it. And so what I wanted to do was find what it was that I was passionate about. And it took me several years. And uh, just by searching online back in 2017, I came across an online course that was teaching about buying apartments. And I thought that was interesting because I never thought myself personally, I would be able to buy apartments. You know, I always thought real estate investing was buying single family homes uh, for people like me. You know, it's definitely a mindset thing. And so it piqued my interest. It was pretty cheap. So I bought it. I had my wife and I, my girlfriend at the time, uh, watch the course and I absolutely fell in love with the business model of it. Uh, I understood it because, you know, you're buying a business and I managed businesses my whole life. Um, and you're driving income, you're controlling expenses, you're managing people and you're driving the bottom line. And so I fell in love with it. 11 months after that, I left my full-time job to pursue multifamily full-time, even before we had, uh, our first deal, uh, because I was just such a huge believer in the industry and the model. Um, and the rest is kind of history. I've been in the industry ever since and looking to continue to grow my company and scale.
1: After a few years in single family real estate, Kyle came across something that served as the catalyst for his transition into the multifamily space. But this didn't come without the fears and misbeliefs that threatened to keep him from pursuing his bigger goals.
0: I probably held me back a lot longer than just at that point too. But, you know, having a W2 job since I was 16 year old, 16 years old, so 20 plus years. You are reliant on a paycheck you're used to or comfortable with getting paid every other week. And in this space, that's just not how it is. Now, you know, since we've been able to create some passive income. And and things like that. But when you're first starting out, it was very much, you know, a leap of faith and not knowing what is going to happen if I'm going to succeed. And there was a lot of trusting in myself. And I had my, my wife um, at the, you know, my girlfriend, like I said, at the time, really pushing me and believing in me. And if I didn't have that support around me, it would have been even more difficult. Um, But absolutely, you know, uh, doubt creeps in and there's a lot of things that I did. I sold my primary home to cash out. I started selling some of my single family homes. I actually cashed out my entire 401k savings. I sold my car. I got a cheaper car. And so I was basically downsizing everything to lower my expenses to the bare minimum so that I could support myself and my family for the next couple of years. That was kind of the thought until we were able to build up our business. And you know, at a certain point, we used up a lot of those funds to get to where we are now. And now, you know, we're we're in a place where we're happy. You know, there was a lot of doubt and a lot of, um, you know, nervous times for sure when we first left. But one thing that I always talk about is I, I'm a big Tim Ferriss fan. I listen to his podcast. I've read his books. And he has a fear setting exercise in his four hour work week. And so I did the fear setting exercise and essentially what it is, is the this, this short version of, of it is asking yourself, what is the absolute worst that can happen in this scenario? And I came to realize that the absolute worst that can happen was that I would have to go get another job in the, in the golf industry. So I was sitting in my worst nightmare already. And so when I realized that I just said, let's do this. And uh, there's been no looking back ever since.
1: Kyle's discontent with his career in the golf industry led him to start looking into real estate, but he didn't jump into commercial real estate right away.
0: When I first got started, you know, again, just being naive and not real investments is what they're called. I thought there was only single family. And then I found out there was multifamily. And then after multifamily, I found out there's mobile home parks and self-storage and all this stuff. And there was a point where I had that shiny object syndrome and I was kind of looking at all these different things. But really, apartments made sense to me because, again, you're buying a business. I love the business model of it. The need for housing, not just any housing, but really workforce housing, um, kind of that you know blue collar worker, it's extraordinary. And the need for it is extreme in the nation. And so there's this supply and demand piece of it as well that I really love. But I love the business aspect of it. I love the fact that there's multiple streams of income, there's multiple controllable expenses. And so better operators will succeed over you know, um, less experienced operators. And so I like the fact that there's that piece of it versus with single family homes. Typically, you're just going to comp the property next door that's comparable. And there's no that you have over the value of the property. Whereas in multifamily, you have a lot of control over the value of the property. And therefore, like I said, the better operator you are, the better chance you have of making that a more efficient business.
1: Although Kyle understood the importance of creating a thought leadership platform, getting out there and building a network in the multifamily space, he was also an introvert. Kyle didn't let this stop him and he took action.
0: Everything was harder in my opinion to be honest with you, you know I I was uh 3 years ago I was very much an introvert. I still consider myself an introvert now, so Um, You know, the route we chose to build our business was the educational platform, which is starting meetups, doing webinars, being on podcasts like yours, start our own podcast, speaking at events, things like that. And so that was very difficult for me. Raising capital for the first time was extremely difficult uh, and even finding a deal. Um, So, um, no, there really was not anything that was easier than I thought it was going to (laughs) be.
1: Thanks to his hard work and determination, Kyle found his first multifamily deal, which came from him and his wife's persistence and resolve to win, no matter what the cost was.
0: I'll tell you about our first multifamily deal because single family was through a third party provider. So that was there was no really um, challenge on that part. But the first deal that we ever found, um, we were still I was let's see, when we found it, I had left my job already, but my wife was still working. But what we used to do is even while I had my full-time job, we would take a Wednesday off. Our only day of the week that we would take off, we would work six days a week and we would drive to Tucson, Arizona, which is where our first deal was. So we would wake up at 2 a.m., We would uh, drive through the middle of the night to Tucson, get there at like 9 a.m., and then we would have meetings and appointments set up all day long. So whether it's touring properties, having coffee with brokers, meeting with property management companies, touring comps, whatever it may be, we spent the whole day out there and then we drove home uh, that same day and got home about 1 or 2 a.m. the next day and went to work. And so a couple of brokers recognized that we were hustling and that we were serious. Who would wake up at 2 in the morning, honestly, to drive to Tucson Uh, To look for buildings, you're on their only day off. So uh, we caught the interest of a broker who shot us a deal. Uh, Literally on the way over, he called me and said, "Hey Kyle, I have this deal. I literally just got it. Do you want to come take a look at it? I know you're driving into town today." I said, "I'd love to." Our property management company was able to meet us out there, so we were the very first investors to ever see it. We got to walk the property. We also got to walk the comps, and so we were also the the investors that got to put the offer out on it first. And so we were able to get that. It was a 42 unit deal, Uh, $1.6 million, had to raise about $1 million on it. And uh, we've since exited that property, but uh, it was a great little deal, a great little find. Um, But there was a lot of challenges. If you wanna talk about ups and downs, you know the ups is that we've sold it and we did really well on it. And overall that investment didn't really have too many bumps in it after we closed, but getting it to the closing table was a huge challenge being our first uh, our first investment. At first, we were really trying to take it down ourselves. My wife and I and then our family were going to help us on the balance sheet uh, side of things to close on it. And the lender, unfortunately, that we chose, which was actually a mortgage broker, I, I feel like they were trying to take advantage of a first-time buyer with additional fees that were in, not disclosed, um, changing things last minute. And so what happened was we actually bailed on that lender with 29 days left to close after using our extension and tried to go with another lender. Thank goodness we were able to close on the last day. Uh, and it was through an introduction to one of, uh, from one of our partners on that deal. And so the challenge on that one was obviously the lending and getting it closed on time um, and uh, really finding the right broker, uh, mortgage broker or lender to trust.
1: During his time in the single-family space, Kyle had some experiences that some would see as hardship. However, he saw them as learning lessons.
0: My biggest failure is probably purchasing of the single-family home portfolio. I didn't lose any money, although I still have one that's a little upside down that I'll end up selling here hopefully pretty soon, the market's been on fire, so if I can sell it this year, I'll be okay. But it was buying for cash flow only, without looking into the market itself and the fundamentals of that market. And so we're really hyper-focused on, we do like cash flow. We also like some appreciation. There's nothing wrong with cash flow. Cash flow is king in my opinion. However, you shouldn't chase cash flow, meaning you have to still have good macro and microeconomics going on for your markets. And so um, I was chasing the cash So I was originally investing in places like Ohio and Arkansas, which are very landlord friendly. Um, But I then saw the cash flows in Chicago and and they were triple what I was making, even quadruple in some cases what I was making on my single family homes in Arkansas and um, in Ohio. So I immediately just rushed and, and bought some houses there and I didn't do any due diligence of the neighborhoods. Um, or the landlord tenant laws there. And those really ended up costing me a lot more money um, than they did. uh, So I had plenty of cash flow in the beginning, but then when tenants were moving out and I had to evict, I mean, I went through 18 months of zero income on those properties and just just putting in five, ten, fifteen thousand dollars every time someone moved out because they trashed my house and it was an, a complete nightmare and a lot of stress. And so the lesson that I learned there is don't just chase cash flow. Really understand the markets that you're buying in and what what the future growth look like. Are they pro business? You know, what is their what is their growth plan over the next 10, 15, 20 years to set you up for success. And I just didn't do enough uh, due diligence on those types of things.
1: Like other real estate investors, COVID-19 presented unique challenges for Kyle and his business. However, there were some valuable lessons he learned that have changed the way he operates his business.
0: We became better operators because of COVID. So it was a blessing in disguise. Obviously, we wish COVID would have never happened, but it did make us better operators and uh, taught us a lot of lessons. You know, it's just how to communicate with residents, how to work with them, how to do things virtually, which was a big change, right? We were used to meeting people face-to-face and in person, and we found some efficiencies within doing that virtually. Now, we still want to meet our uh, residents face-to-face, but there is that virtual aspect that you can now implement into your gameplay. Plan to be a little bit more efficient, maybe reach a broader audience, more people, um, and get things done faster and quicker. So we like that. But one thing that now is we're always just we have our eyes on our KPIs on a day-to-day basis. You know we're tracking certain KPIs that we weren't tracking before, um, and we're implementing that going forward, whether COVID stays or goes. Um, this one example would be tracking collections. You know, at what point in the month are we are we hitting our ninety-five to one hundred percent that our goal is? Are we tracking compared to last month? Did we dip? If we did dip, why? So really tracking those KPIs allow you to ask the right questions instead of just a random question, right? You want to get to the right question. You want to ask the right questions. And uh, that's what it's taught us to just be a little bit more aware of those questions.
1: After his first deal, Kyle continued to work towards finding more investment opportunities. Today, he's built a successful multifamily business and he's not slowing down anytime soon.
0: So we have two, well, I have one full-time employee that works for my company. We have uh, one virtual assistant that's part-time, and then I have a slew of vendors or things that we outsource like our underwriting, our presentation, or design build, things like that, but they're all outsourced, website design. Um, As far as uh, current deals under management, we've got 55 million under management. However, we're selling one of those assets in the next month or so. So that number goes up and down, but we've done five properties to date. Uh, And really just continuing to look in the 100 plus unit value add space. We are gearing more a little towards more B class properties, uh, B to A class areas versus C class right now. Um, But really hyper focused on just continuing to grow and expand our team, our partners, um, strategic partners and our portfolio.
1: Kyle is focusing on building a thriving company that will continue to grow. For Kyle, real estate has changed his life in many ways, and Kyle wouldn't have it any other way.
0: I'm certainly working a ton right now, which is not something that I shy away from. I love to do that and we're still in the growth phase of our business. And so that's going to be required. Um, And again, something I think is needed and I'm happy to do it and I'm loving what I'm doing, but it also affords me to take off whenever I want. You know, we, I just recently moved to Arizona actually to continue to grow our business out here about four months ago, but I've been back to California to visit our families uh, four or five times. We've been able to take trips and uh, just relax. And so, you know, I don't have to ask my boss if I can have a day off or go to California and I can go to California and I can work. And, uh, that's the great thing is right now I can almost work in any place in the world. Um, now I need some boots on the ground and things like that, but we have strategic partners to help with that if I am gone. So no longer needs to work, which is fantastic. So she gets to focus on some things that she loves to do. So she's doing some volunteer work. Um, And so life is evolving to, to that place where, you know, we have plans to build out over the next one to five years on what we want. And so we're seeing that come to fruition now, which has been fantastic.
1: Now, as an experienced and successful investor, there are multiple ways Kyle pays it forward and gives back to others.
0: I do some coaching for Michael Blanc. Uh, He's the program that I actually started with and now I'm a coach for. So that's a cool little story in and of itself. Uh, And he's been a huge supporter of me and helped me in many ways. And so um, I do some coaching for him, which has been rewarding for myself, but trying to help others get break into this multifamily space. You know, we do free calls with people just to help uh, grow and um, give them any advice. And we really are also trying to help in that low C class environment. I know I mentioned a little bit that we're moving to a B class in the value add space, but we're also trying to figure out ways that we can help with the need for housing in that class C space. And so, um, it'll probably a little too early to talk about it, but um, you know, our tagline is to provide A class living to lower income housing, and so we're really trying to help in that area too. Is really give back and try and support um, support that workforce housing and, and provide for that huge need.
1: Kyle has a clear vision for his business moving forward. To reach his goals, he's going to need more people on his team.
0: For our business, I would love to have you know a team of people doing most of the day in day out work for us. And for me to be able to sit back for the visionary for the company to help it grow faster. Uh, we wanna strategically align ourselves with good people uh, who can lift you up and really help grow as well. Uh, you know, we'd love to have in the next two or three years, $500 million of assets under management, but that's just a number really want to buy good investments um, and provide great returns for our investors. Uh, but I need help to do that. Right. So we would love to have a team of a kind of a C-suite team of people under the Limitless Estates umbrella to help grow that. And then, like I said, I'm working with some partners on on developing a plan um, in the new development space on how to um, focus on that Class C asset and to provide housing for lower income um Residents and people across the nation, and that's something that's I'm excited about. And uh, in it's probably more like a ten year goal, but um, having a, a a plan built out for that and executing upon that.
1: Throughout his journey, Kyle has had some valuable experiences that have influenced his mindset and perspective on success.
0: You really can do anything you put your mind to. I know this is kind of cliche, but I was a guy that you know came from not a poor environment, but my, we were single income. My dad worked as hard as he could, you know, 60, 70, 80 hours, trying to get overtime to provide for our family. Um, and I was taught to work, work, work and save, save, save. And it's just a mindset shift. And, and really my advice would be, surround yourself with people who lift you up. Um, if you can be around people who lift you up, you will grow faster and better and to places where you, Well, would never imagine. And so I I would say, you know, to be in control of your own destiny instead of, um, you know, working 40, 50, 60 years to um, help someone else get to their destiny.
1: Kyle is a generous guy and he encouraged our audience to reach out if they'd like to connect with him.
0: I always get my phone number out. It's 562-833-5010. Shoot me a text. Don't call. I, I probably won't answer if I don't recognize the number, but shoot me a text. And then head to our website, limitless-estates.com. We have a free passive investors guide that we give out to anyone interested in investing passively. And what that does is it explains what you need to know before you do, do get into your first passive investment. Because there are definitely educational pieces that you need to learn before you do make your first passive investment.
1: Thank you for joining us today on the Real Estate Monopoly podcast. If you got value from this episode, please do us a favor and give us a good rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. Make sure to visit our website at www.donisinvestmentgroup.com backslash monopoly, where you can subscribe to our newsletter so you'll never miss a show. If you want to avoid the top five mistakes passive investors make, you can also check out our free ebook by going to www.donisinvestmentgroup.com and downloading it. Be sure to tune in to our next episode. Until then, take care, guys.